You guys want to start a YouTube channel where we just donkey kick things? <laughs> no, tiny pools, man. Tiny pools, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest idea for a YouTube channel I've ever come up with. Right? Yeah. It'd be unreal. Still Tell be me. Funny. 100%. Tiny pools is a bit where Scotty and I were going to go around to like food courts, malls, shopping centers, like fountains, parks, parks. And just get in full dive gear in front of a bunch of people and then just fall in them. <laughs> <laughs> dive in them. On this episode of Tiny Pools, we're here at the Loheen Mall Center. We're going to go right in here. We're going to grab all these wishes right out of the <laughs> Grab all these wishes. <laughs> Security guard, like, trying to get you out and you're just falling all over the pool. <laughs> I'm getting out. fall <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Dice D20. My name is Noah, Dungeon Master, and I am joined here by our players. We have Tyson McKay, the Planeswalker Extraordinaire, the man who walks through flames, the unburnt Khaleesi of the Great Glack Grove. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? What an introduction. Well, you know, had, had a rough start at the beginning of last week's episode, and then, you know, it got better. It got better. What happened? I avoided Dabbledob and it got better. Well, we'll get back to that in the recap. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Tyson McKay, volunteering to do the recap, something that never happens. Thank you so much, wow. Tyson. We'll get to that in a moment. We are also joined by Fievel Mausentrov of the Ramuski clan. All-time Blurnsball Ramuski tribe player, Fievel Mausentrov, <laughs> on an absolute underdog story. Winning streak from the bottom to the top. Got thrown in the pit for being the best player on the team. We all know that to be the case. And then joined up with these hooligans for an absolute debaucherous season one, two, and three. We're now in season three. We're having a blast. Fiala Mazentrov, humongous in size. Got a Drake. Wants to steal a bunch of eggs, causing a little bit of a rift in the group. Fiala, <laughs> what do you say about the allegations that you're trying to take away the eggs from the team? You know, I, I feel like it'd just be a, a team improvement, so it wouldn't really be taking. It'd just be borrowing, hatching, and then maybe giving them back, and it'll it'll be it'll be between like a mom and dad when they decide who gets the dog, and they each stand on the side, and you call them over. I, I, you know, I kind of picture that scenario. Okay, now, now correct me if I'm wrong, Fable. The whole reason why most of us are in this whole storyline, aside from Gregory and Dabbledob's crazy backstory where they've obviously stolen from from this this uh, criminal underlord before indirectly it. indirectly yeah, stolen's sure. a, a harsh word okay you have you have interfered with his profit margins in the past one of the main reasons why everyone's here is because you hatched a drake egg that wasn't yours well i mean it was yours you found it but it wasn't actually yours and, th and then you know that's why you guys were asked to go get the other ones he said and i quote yours is not valuable to me anymore because obviously you've got that whole beastmaster connection till the day you die thing going on so well, or until you give up your toe in the middle of the woods. But but, <laughs> but, but tell me, Fievel, I mean, is this really the wisest idea? To get these, to take these eggs, to hatch them, and then to, you know, face the consequences there? I'm not scared of consequences. Yeah. <laughs> if I can save a couple drakes and my life being forfeit doesn't even matter. As long as they're safe and out of the hands of mean people like this t t Tony the Tiger on crack... <laughs> We actually don't know his name. Ta, ta, ta. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for your input, Fievel. I absolutely appreciate it. We're also joined by Dabble Dob Doppet, a gnome, a wizard, a loving father, a caretaker, a real family man on a mission to get that money and kill as many people as possible. Dabble, how are you doing today? I'm um, great. Okay, fantastic. I'm good. I'm ready to go. Good to hear. Nice. I'm ready to kill ships. 
Okay. Yeah. It's currently lightly swole. Yeah, you've been working out for like 14 days now. No, 16 well, days now. How's that been going? I'm real. I feel better. I look better. It's all around just Hundy P. Hundy P. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dabdab. <laughs> I appreciate it. We're also joined by Greg Rock, the Destroyer, the Warforged Machine of Death that was made by the Hobgoblins and paired up with Dabdab for untold number of centuries, causing havoc and mayhem, but also keeping that's this pair of lovebirds together with his strong loyalty and his strong sword arm, right? How are you doing today, Greg Rock? Doing great, Brad. Pretty glad my uh, <laughs> my fingers no longer no longer oh, dangling. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you uh, you you helped Tyson McKay to uh, well to retrieve a pretty interesting object. To not give away too much from the... no 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 go ahead go, give away too much it, continue. Um, yeah, you, you helped him retrieve a, uh, a gem, a stone of sorts, which seems to have some magical properties to it. Out of an uh, unbreakable lockbox, you guys broke into it. It was going to smash that stone. You sacrificed your own finger for Tyson McKay's uh, gain. Yeah, well, well, he healed you up, obviously. Yeah, and then and then prom- you know promised me some of the the bounty for it. Uh, gotcha. All in all, I'd say worth. It. And, and and excited for this this session? Of course, of course, right? Yeah, now. I see action on the horizon. For sure. So, uh, before we continue, do we have, first of all, any level-ups in the house? I don't think so. We were pretty minimalistic on XP last episode. It was more so transit, right? With some, some ridiculousness. And the fisticuffs. Um, the fisticuffs, yeah. I got yeah. a couple Ooh. thousand XP, but I don't think I leveled up. Who would like to give us a recap? Oh, wait. Tyson McKay volunteered. Tyson McKay, would you like to give us a recap of last episode, please? What's happening, everyone? Yeah, so, so last... I hope you don't expect an answer. <laughs> <laughs> answer me. <laughs> Last week, started off, Dabble Up and me got in a little tussle. I won. All right, hang happen. on. I was beating his gnome ass. <laughs> he gets one hit on me, and apparently that's it. Fans... It was a crippling hit. I'm calling for a vote. Fans, who won? Well, what are we basing it on? I'm waiting for the answer. Hang on. The more hits, <laughs> or are we, like, going out hit points? Because I fucked you on that one. <laughs> You also used the most amount of spells when we agreed no spells. <laughs> we never agreed on that. We agreed after I used a spell. <laughs> anyway, so that happened. We traveled. Gregory helped me open the box. Got the stone. Still don't know what it does. We'll figure it out. Fievel and Namara had a heartfelt speech. They learned a little bit about each other. And uh, then at the very end, once we... I think we almost got to the island. Did we get to the island or were we just close? You are nearly a day from the island. Mm. So we're getting close to the the island that we got to pass through and then ships started appearing everywhere and that's where we left off okay awesome take 600 experience points for your recap Tyson McKay thank you very much I appreciate it uh, and do we have any questions comments or concerns before we begin today's episode let's get it let's get it skitter scatter pitter patter let's get at her am I right am I right absolutely right. <laughs> quitting the pod as of now okay <laughs> Okay, and we are moving things along. So, ladies and gentlemen, as Tyson McKay described, our adventurers, our heroes, are nearly a day in terms of transit away from Elathrion, the massive island that rests between them and Malvista, the mainland, okay, in the Dreyfell 
uh, ocean. Being a day away, you can see the whole expansiveness of Alathrion is a massive island, and we are obviously jetting for near dead center of it, where the Enora River rests, that river upon which our adventurers traveled from Malvista to the Cobalt Isles. They're coming back with their eggs on the way from the Cobalt, and nearly a day away, they see multiple masts of ships on the horizon. The last thing that Ari said was, fuck, and then when uh, the quartermaster, Vane, asked what they should do, Ari said, I do not know. I leave it now to our players. What is it that you would like to do? Well, I said fuck, so I think we should fuck him up. Wait, attack. fuck Ari up? Wait, ask him if he, if he knows the sails. Like, does he know who they are? Obviously, fuck isn't a good thing, though. So Amara walks <laughs> yeah, over I know, to Ari, asking maybe he just for owes the, the money spyglass in his hand. She looks at the vessels. She says, four. Is there four of them? And then Ari looks to her and says, there's five. Do you recognize their flags? Ari looks to you, Gregrock, because I guess you've come out of the... No, you've never said I did. Still down there, yeah, right? I guess I'm still down. Do it. Uh, Just do it. Do you recognize the flags? <laughs> <laughs> so Ari looks to you, Tyson McKay, and he says, I need not recognize the four that surround it, but the largest vessel hoists the flag of the Grail. That Seeger Moro ship. Hmm. The one you mentioned before... Seven months ago, or however long this journey's been. No, I mean, I mean, roughly, roughly two months. Six ago. years ago, when we started this journey. <laughs> <laughs> two, two months ago in game time. Two years in real life, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there, it's not a good sign that we're getting this guy coming here. No, Moro never leaves the south. He is uh, the leader of the city of Drago, the pirate city. Okay. If he's here, he's here for a reason. And those vessels surrounding him are his lords. I can see at least two of their flags, one of which I have never actually seen in person, but rather heard tales of the other one of his right-hand men. So we should not let them come close to us? Is that what you're saying? In all honesty, Tyson McKay, I would rather face the waters of the north than pass Seagar Moro's ships. I just need confirmation that I can kill them. Confirmation. Ari, look at me. Do I have permission to kill them? <laughs> Can I squeeze them like jelly? <laughs> Listen, adventurers, you can try. But that's Seeger fucking Moro. And I'm Tyson fucking McKay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it! Let's go! <laughs> uh, Tyson McKay, I'm going to hand you 300 experience points. He says, I don't think you understand, my friends. That is the fucking pirate lord of the south. And if yeah. he's here... And I don't see any other fucking ships here. I can't imagine any reason other than fucking with us as to why he'd be sitting on that coastline. I can get close enough and literally walk on water and whirlpool the five. Ooh. So I want you to hold on to that dabble dub because I have a spell that's just sight. So if I can see them, I can do something. Ari looks to you and he says, I wouldn't unleash any kind of spells at this moment, Tyson. Look, if there's a way, if there's a way we can talk our, ourselves out of this situation, I suggest it. If you think you're the only spellcasters aboard any vessels in the area, I would think again. That's what I wanted to know. If they don't have any magic, they have a bunch of freaking bitches. They take them right down. But if they've got tasters, that can be trouble. But I have a spell that they might not know it's us. <sighs> Look, I leave it to you. What spell? It's called tsunami. Oh. Tsunami and whirlpool. I can part water. I going to say, it does what you think. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you can clear all their vessels out, I would say go for it. 
but that lightning bolt flag on the distance, that's his second hand. And if Morrow has him at his side, any type of water magic or casting could be negated, I don't know. What if we came from underneath? Underneath? Scuba dive, plant bombs, <laughs> let's go. Gragrock, we need you to anchor us to the bottom of the water. I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, he's still looking over those eggs. <laughs> Watching, just like, sitting in that. <laughs> oh, it's all's well. I've been sitting, sitting here for two weeks, so I'm going to keep sitting here. Just sitting like, there like, I wonder what's going on out there. <laughs> he's like a mom like, bird. We can just go underwater and go deep enough, do spells from underneath. Okay. Sink the ships. Bada bing, bada boom. Get out of there. So, Amara looks to Ari and she says, Do you think we would have a better chance going to the north? Ari looks to her and says, If I've seen them, then they've seen us. Our masks are out, so we were lucky to have this much notice. If I go north, they'll definitely pursue us. Yeah, so like, if we're not going to outrun them, might as well fight them. Can we outrun them? I mean, if we're guessing Tsunami and Whirlpool, we may be. We can outrun the Grail. But that storm cloud that sits there, he says, that one will outrun us for sure. As will the Kestrel. Smaller and faster. Are they in front of the river that we have to get to? Correct. They have a blockade around the river. If that tsunami is successful, that would crush them against the shore. That's what I'm thinking. But that's only if he can get it off successfully and not be negated by his caster. I mean, it would take a lot to negate this one. I mean, we could try it, and worst comes to worst, we go to the north, and then we just fight the smaller ships and get rid of some of the force, and then maybe have a more even fight. So the the south is where the pirate ships typically remain. The north is more dangerous and treacherous waters, just harsher conditions. Not as much piracy or attacking going on. Is this like his whole fleet? So uh, you're not there. I know. <laughs> so, is this his whole fleet? <laughs> Damn it. It's like a great question. <laughs> Seeger's fleet is bigger than that, but from my knowledge of him, these are his four lords. Pirates who are strong enough in their own right and command ships. I've never seen the four of them together, and I've never seen the Grail before. So go south. Maybe. The rest of his fleet. <laughs> Maybe it's a birthday. Fuck them up while they're their lords. I feel like they... They know that our cargo. Why would They've you... They've tipped off to something. They wouldn't gather there without knowing And, something. like, all four of them like that? Or five? Like, you bring your most powerful <laughs> and sit there? It's an illusion. It's one dude in a little dinky boat <laughs> rowing out. <laughs> That's Grandpa Jenkins <laughs> rowing his little boat. It's Riov. Oh, God. Um, Rotten. Uh, I, really I really want to try, like... Whirlpool and Tsunami, but with I'm saying they can negate it, then that's not so cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, he's not saying they can negate, he's just saying there's enemy casters there, right? So yeah, he's but he's like, just saying if you open fire, they're gonna open fire. They can't open fire if they're so dead. So, we so we send we send someone to parlay. Hmm, I'm surprised Scale didn't come up with this. He's the one with all the pirate lingo. <laughs> Parlay, a meeting of two parties or more in the, in the effort to avoid a, a conflict. <laughs> Parlay is more of a guideline than an actual rule. Yeah, I mean... Send, send one dude in a rowboat with a white flag, but <laughs> don't hurt us! <laughs> could, we could fly... I, I ask Ari, I say, is he one to negotiate or converse? Seeger Moro's a fucking pirate, but if he wants something and there's a way that he doesn't have to sacrifice his ships... 
you'll most likely take it. Hmm. Okay. Um, Vice it is. Let's go. I say, Dabbledub, Fievel, let's go over there and parlay with this asshole. Pardon my French. Gregory? Question mark? <laughs> well, we need someone to actually guard the eggs, just in case. <laughs> or the uh, cargo. <laughs> For fun's sake. So Ari, just stop. Ari, Ari raises his eyebrow and looks at you, Tyson, and then shakes his head and looks back and he says, it would be traditional for a captain to speak to another captain about matters on the water. Say they're quail eggs. Send your dead quail eggs. <laughs> rare quail eggs. Stop digging your hole. Just move past the fact that you guys mentioned the eggs and the whole crew. God damn it. <laughs> well, I guess... We can cap, go and, cap to cap, man. You gotta do cap to cap, and we just sit and wait. Oh, we can go with him. Somebody with him. Mm. Okay, I'll go with him. I'll go too. Yeah, we need to fly you. Don't take the Drake. Keep that as a surprise. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep the Drake a surprise. Right. Tell him to stay away, Fievel. Get out of here. I never want to see you again. <laughs> Get out of here. Run away. <laughs> not too far. We might need you. <laughs> Okay, so Fievel telepathically connects with his drake to let him know to stay up above in the air so the ships below do not see him, if they haven't already. What w- is it that you got? Who would you, would you like to send aboard? Are you flying with spells, or are you... I don't know. Do we want to fly with Fievel, or are you coming to Double Dog? That's the only way we get over there. Send, yeah, send a flying rat. Maybe that'll scare him. Yeah, I mean, they're probably not going to take too kindly to a huge rat. He can swim. Like, they know the fucking cargo now. And I understand maybe you need to guard it more because of that. But, like... Listen, if we get into a fight, I don't want to do it out there. I want to do it on our ship. So, we'll just trick them and say, okay, whatever you want. And then we'll be, we'll be like, we'll be right back. And then we kill them. <laughs> my, my vote would be, I'll cast Greg and Ari over there. You trust us with the eggs? <laughs> I don't, but everyone knows anyway. <laughs> I mean the cargo. <laughs> the quail. That's then. that's that's my vote. That's what I would do. And I'm only saying that because like cap to cap and I would good, at least Greg's like a, a good bodyguard. speaker. Bodyguard slash speaker too. Cap to cap, Greg to Greg. Cap to cap, bodyguard to bodyguard, and just me. <laughs> because we gotta get there somehow. <laughs> Okay, Tyson McKay, you don't want to go? No, I do want to go, but... I'm just saying that's what like I want. I'm just saying that's I'll what I want to do. We don't eggs. have to do that. I'll be a... <laughs> 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 He's the last one you guys should trust to leave with those fucking things. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, just shove your ass in you the door have, so no one gets in. <laughs> you don't have to fly. We took it... Like, he's got smaller ships. What? Yeah, he has, way faster. That's how we got to the island. Okay, well, we can do that. It doesn't really matter. Because that, because I mean, he would, you know, seeing the Ari ship, that's what he would be expecting. Don't show him, don't show your cards. Yeah, but he's going to see me and be like, obviously, you can do that. That's why we fly. Tyson, that's why he's in Tyson. He's like, oh, look, brought a swashbuckler with him. Yeah. Oh. These or, but, but again, or even you, because you're hand to hand and not spellcasting. I like where I am. <laughs> he doesn't want to leave the eggs. With okay, the I'll go. Dabble, how about us three go? Dabble of you, me, and Ari. I don't want to go if I don't have to. Okay. <laughs> okay, then me and Fievel <laughs> will fly over. No, not Fievel, though. You can't bring a fucking... Just, just Tyson and the captain go. Yeah. Just... 
can no you need just for anything more than that? Okay. Two sure. people, not threatening, not crazy. And then when Tyson comes back, he can give us the abridged version, which was nothing what anybody said. Yes. As usual. <laughs> oh yeah, it's only ten feet down, guys. Jump. We want <laughs> robot sex slaves. Greg Rock. <laughs> Something about your mother, Fievel. I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag rocket pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay, so uh, Ari looks to his mate and says, lower one of the boats. So his men begin lowering one of the boats to the side of the water, and a ladder is thrown overboard, a wooden one with rope, and Ari climbs down into the rowboat and waits for whoever is joining him to go have parlay with... Is, uh, uh, is Crow going with him? No. No. I get in the he's, boat. He's leaving Vane here as well because Vane's the quartermaster, oh, and when the captain's gone, the vessel is in charge. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna I, send Trevis with the the squad just so I can no. get some information. Okay. So Trevis, the ghost bird, rests on Tyson McKay's shoulder. Hi, buddy. Can you put him in the pocket so they don't see the bird? He's yeah. a ghost bird. He doesn't need air. Yeah, just shove him in your pocket. <laughs> Jesus Christ, okay. Just get the fuck in there. <laughs> Alright, so Ari and Tyson, uh, one oar in each of their hands, begin rowing powerfully across the water, which is somewhat rough, towards the five ships which rest on the horizon. Over Fill it with gunpowder. Make it a suicide mission. Oh. No gun. I, Remember, there's I, no gunpowder. You go over there with a the flare and the gunpowder, like. Let us through. <laughs> we'll blow your ass up. West Virginia. What about, what about wildfire? Mount Mama. Any of that? A wildfire? Yeah. Not, not, that, not that you know of. Mm, not that we know I of. Talk to the captain. Yeah. You got any wildfire <laughs> on the ship? Uh, hours go by. It takes you longer to travel this way. So after nearly six hours of rowing to keep Wait, distance. One yes. second. Um, it would be a bad idea to send my arcane eye in there. Like, you might as well just save the spell. Like, we have Trevise that can re- he can relay back to Fievel. Okay. So, after nearly six hours of rowing, the rowboats uh, begin to cruise into and past a few of the ships in the blockade towards the larger vessel that lies in the interior in the heart. Put a hole in the hull. Start up slowly sinking. <laughs> I pull one nail out. <laughs> <laughs> there are five ships in total, Tyson McKay, four of which create a perimeter... There is one sloop with a lightning bolt across its black flag. The crews all stand at the edge of their vessels, by the way, staring at you as you approach and head towards the Grail, which is Seeger Moro's three-masted frigate. That wave. Large ship. You look like some some real unsavory. You're not there, but they do look unsavory. I wouldn't savor you. I'm describing (laughs) the scene. Um... One thing you can say for these pirates is they're, uh, they're equal opportunity pirates, for sure. There's a lot of different <laughs> genders and races which make up their crews. On the ship with that is a sloop with the lightning bolt flag, There is it's composed mostly of humans, though there are some half-orcs uh, and elves that make up their, uh, their group as well. Dark elves, not high elves or what else. Oh my god, what filth. Just start cap- throwing racist comments, <laughs> the, dividing the ranks. The captain's... The captain who stands aboard the vessel uh, appears much different than any of the, of the other members that stand aboard the ship. He is cloaked in blue captain's robes uh, with actual pauldrons on his shoulders. His skin is like a deep sea blue and seems to cackle with various veins of light, which seem to uh, trace like veins on his arms. His eyes are bright white as well, 
And he seems to smile at you, Tyson McKay, as you row past. The ship, is that the lightning uh, bolt guy? The ship to the right of that is much larger. A broke, which has two large sails and four, four sails as well. Uh, so four sails being at the front of the vessel, which try to catch winds to turn nice and quickly. This crew appears to be made and composed almost entirely of dragonborns. Uh, large fangs and earrings and piercings all over their bodies. And they stand out from the rest in being large and impressive. They are mostly red uh, dragonborns, though there are some other various colors intermixed within Gross. the group. Uh, and um. one stands out above the rest with a large hammer resting over his shoulder. Gold, chains, and bracelets all over his arms, and seems to snarl and snap as you pass his vessel as well. The other two are further away. Uh, but there appears to be one of the smallest vessels uh, you, you can see on the far left-hand side. This vessel uh, appears to have dragonborns on it as well, but it is far away, um, so it is harder to see. The vessel in front of the Grail appears to be the second largest in the fleet and is made almost entirely of orcs. While we're going through, I'm going to whisper to Trevise and say, get up high so that Fievel can get a, get a bird's-eye view. Okay. So uh, you release Travis into the air, and the bird begins to fly up high. You can almost hear the sound of uh, an arrow being knocked, and the drawstring of a bow being pulled, and a shot is fired from the dragonborn ship towards Travis as he flies into the air. A 19 plus to hit will absolutely snipe Travis out of the air, and he has how much HP? Do regular arrows hurt ghost birds? You take damage. Reese is going to take nine damage. Yeah, he's done. I will kill you all. Okay, so Dyson McKay screams that he'll kill them all. There's silence for a few moments, and then an eruption of laughter from both of the ships that are closest to him. Okay. okay. Look, buddy, they're pirates. They know about sending out birds and other type of of things to to catch a a glimpse or to keep an eye on a situation. I thought thought the plan was to keep hidden to keep ears. The final ship and the one that Ari and you are rowing towards is Seeger Moro's ship, the Grail. Its large black flag, larger than the rest of the ships, has a painting of a cup on it, and it has drops of red coming off of the rim of the cup and down, like blood drops. Uh, The crew rests all on the edges of the Grail as well. These appear to be made mostly, uh, the crew composed rather mostly of men, but no sight of the captain so far. A ladder is thrown over the side, as well as a sandbag on a uh, rope to obviously keep the, the boat from, from moving any further from the vessel itself and like floating away. Check that sandbag, might be gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> I light it. <laughs> okay. Ari looks to you and he says, please don't do anything stupid. No promises, Ari, person. let's go. <laughs> okay. So Ari begins to climb up the ladder, but he receives no assistance at the top to swing his leg over and step onto the grail. The three-masted frigate the uh, centerpiece of Seeger Morrow's fleet. Tyson McKay, what would you like to do? I just levitate up. Gotcha. So Tyson McKay levitates up, up and over the banister and down on the ground. Some of the crew members whisper to each other as he does so. And sitting... Some fuckers. <laughs> Some fuckers. <laughs> you're gonna die. Then you. You're the last one. I'm gonna save you. <laughs> I'm gonna do your wife in front of you. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, quite a, a tall second mate or second in command approaches Ari and you. He bows, uh, not fully at the waist, but rather a half bow, and then rises back up. He looks to you and he says, 
the captain will see you now. I stay silent. I'm going to let Ari talk. So that's <laughs> a good idea. Smartest thing you've said all freaking week. Oh, you know what? No, I'm going to. I'm going to say thank you, sir. Okay. So uh, the no. man turns on his heel and begins to walk over to the captain's quarters. Uh, this ship is nearly three times the size of the Royale. The barrel that sits in the front is nearly twice the size of the Royale. The sloop is actually smaller, and the other vessel, uh, about around the same size, a tad bit taller, but same same style of length uh, as the Royale is. The man opens the doors to the captain's quarters, and then stands to the side and gestures for you and Ari to step inside. I do so. As you step inside, the ceilings here are nearly 12 feet tall. There are red velvet curtains along the back glass windows, and there are marble statues, uh, almost classical in their orientation and their design, paintings and other types of trophies from various sieges or various steals, kills, that the, the Grail has, has had in the past. There is also uh, a very, very large desk, nearly twice the length of Ari's, with a oh. large armchair behind it, and a man sits there. I whispered to Ari, I say, you got in the wrong business. <laughs> Ari says, I got out of the wrong business. It's clearly overcompensating. <laughs> it's a small penis. The man, <laughs> the man who sits behind the desk is older, and uh, his beard, however, still black, not gray or white. Uh, his skin appears to be leathery, as if tanned by the sun. And the first thing that you notice about him is that he is missing one of his eyes. There is no patch over this eye, but rather just uh, it is cut and gashed deeply, healed over with time, but he does not replace it with a patch. can fix that. The man has a long black coat with golden clasps and buttons, and strapped to his chest are two light hand crossbows. Uh, at his waist, you can see the tip of the hilt of a long sword, and he rests in this armchair, his hands at his sides, and Ari approaches about six, seven feet away from the table. He stops, places both, both of his feet together, and he waits. Tyson, what would you like to do? I mean, I'm not going to do all that, but I'll just stand there. At the entrance, or where Ari is? Uh, where Ari is, but I'm not okay. putting my feet together and, you know, all that stuff. Gotcha. So, the captain gestures towards two chairs, which are placed in front of his desk, and then, without speaking, you know, gestures for you both to sit. It's a trap. He's got whoopee cushions plates. Oh my god. You take my seat, I'll take yours. Ari looks to you sternly and then takes a seat in one of the chairs. And the captain (laughs) snaps his fingers and out from behind the cloth uh, drapes, a servant arrives and uh, begins to pour drinks for the three of you. Uh Moro raises his glass after all the drinks are poured, waiting until the servant is back out of sight, raises his glass, drinks and downs uh, the liquor, places it in its spot, and waits for you both to do the same. Fuck it, why not? So, you drink as does Ari, and place the glasses back down. Still unspeaking and not talking, he takes out from inside of his coat a long uh, white meerschaum pipe. He begins to tamp down leaf inside of it with a uh, piece of wood, tamping it a little bit firmer as he places more and more plant inside of the pipe, uh, lighting it with uh, one of the candles that he has on his desk, so he lights a piece of wood, lights the pipe, begins to smoke, and then sits back and exhales. He looks to you and he says, I don't know who you are. 
Tyson McKay, sir. Mayor of Ryberry. A mayor? You're a long yes. way from land, mayor. I'm a traveling mayor. I haven't heard of such a thing. Business trip. Yeah, business, business trip. Business, business trip. He's there. I'm going to let Ari do the talking. Who are you? Tyson McKay, <laughs> mayor of Ryberry. Please don't raid my village. <laughs> no, they can't. I don't care. Traveling on this. Take what you want. We pretty much destroyed it earlier, anyway. So they're in shambles. Easy pickets. Quite an extensive business trip for a politician. Tell me, what was it that you needed from the cobalt? Uh, just a taste of adventure, you know. Not enough Quail eggs. <laughs> quail eggs. <laughs> Thank God he's not actually there. <laughs> quail eggs. Uh, sorry, he was saying something. <laughs> he said, "Not enough adventure for you up north." I mean, there was, but it kind of died down after. Yeah, there was a, there was a war. We fought them off, and yeah, kind of calmed down. I'm so pleased that you fought them off. That you could join me here today. Now I do know you, Ari. Did you not sail under my fleet in the past? And Ari now says, <gasps> "I sailed for you." We knew that, tr- Justin. <laughs> Gasp. And Ari says, <laughs> and Ari says, "I sailed for you. This is true. But you did not find what you were looking for in my employ. Sailed for distances, I guess you could say." looking for something else. Well, we miss you at Dago. You are on your way to becoming a lord. Ari nods, looks to Seeger, and says, you never know. Circumstances can always change. Gotta sell us out. Oh my god, kill him. Moro looks to both of you. Moro looks to both of you and he says, I am going to be frank with you. Hi, Frank. Are you saying that, or are you just... Is this just a side quip for listeners and for us? Undecided yet. Continue. <laughs> not <laughs> you either say things out loud, or you do not say things out loud. Which isn't the guy uh, you want to fuck around with. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll leave it. Okay. He says, It has come to my attention that you hold something valuable in your possession. Is this true? Currently? Mm, not really. To find valuable. on your person, you fool. Yeah, I have a gem. On your cool. ship. It has value to like, certain... Yeah, value, value is to the one who holds it. Yeah, it has value to certain people. Value is based on the market. And when there are very few of something in the market, their value goes up exponentially. I know what it is that you were sent to find. My question is whether you found it. No, we did not find it. Roll me a oh, check, yeah, Flat out lines, not going to get you in <laughs> Well, what do you want me to do? Tell him. Oh yeah, here's the eggs, idiot. Quail eggs. We found quail eggs. <laughs> Deception, you said? Uh, yes, you're lying too. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. I have great charisma, guys. Oh, that's good. I wasn't sure who had the best lying in the crew. So Moro raises his eyebrow, but he goes along with your statement, and he says, "If you did not, that would present you with quite." A difficult situation, wouldn't it? It does. It means we won't adhere to our agreement, but... 
circumstances made it difficult to continue. That means that the lives of your companions will be forfeit, and yet you still return. Help me, uh, because this does not make sense to me. Well, we'll see if they fit forfeit. And they for, uh, we'll see if they forfeit their lives. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll see if they can uh, take care of my friends, but I doubt they will. Well, I don't think there will be anything to see about. I don't know the Rakshasa to be a forgiving lord. That means the lives of your warforged friend, your gnome wizard, and that rat that you keep in your employ. He is a mouse. (laughs) If it barks like a dog, it means they will all be forfeit. So... You can either give me what it is that you have in your possession, because I don't think that you don't have it. And if you don't have it, well, you all die anyways. Well, here's the thing. I don't die, so it's not really my issue. I'd rather die in honor, so let's go in battle, baby. So it's a fist fight you want, eh? <laughs> so you want to fight about it. <laughs> Circumstances can always change. I don't know you, but to run with the crew that you're with, you must have some talent. I was gonna make a stupid joke. <laughs> you want me to suck your dick, don't you? <laughs> How'd you know that was the joke? I, was I know, I know. I'm just a uh, <laughs> I'm a used cum rag. No. Jesus. <laughs> Immediately he bends over the chair and drops his pants. He's <laughs> like, alright, have your way. <laughs> Do me. Let's get this rolling. I don't got all night. The people at Ryberry need me. <laughs> they haven't been royally fucked before. I'm a forgiving mayor. <laughs> you answer his question about talents. I forget what his question was. <laughs> he asked if you had talents. Oh, I sure do have talents, sir. Good. Well, then they will be of good use in my employ. Give me what I'm looking for, and not only will you live, you'll thrive. Hmm. Tyson does like thriving. I thought you were going to say, I don't thrive, I suffer, goddammit. <laughs> and I bend over and pull my pants down. <laughs> That's kind of my bit. Okay. <laughs> if you got some chains, I would feel much more comfortable in chains. Because my alternative is sinking your ship, my apologies, Ari, and then sifting through the wreckage until I find what I want. And I will send my men down into the depths to find it. Here's the thing, sir. We don't have what you're looking for. Roll me a deception check again. Oh god, please be high again. <laughs> okay, that was high. Uh, 23. Not as high, but... Okay. He just looks at you stone face. Mm, and I say... No, don't talk. Guilty people talk. Stone face him back. I stone face him back. In fact, I cast stone face on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make an offer clear. You want treasure and wealth that the Rakshasa will pay you? You can have it. I'll pay you more than he will for what you have in your possession. Anything that trickster's hands I see as a benefit and a win for me. Yeah, it's a better deal. Take it. Let's go! We're becoming (laughs) pirates! (laughs) If you do not, and you have until the morning, I will sink your ship and I will kill your crew, Ari. And your friends whose lives are forfeit anyway will meet an end much more terrible than the one in store for them if you return to that Rakshasa empty-handed. Your deal is that because we don't have the items, we'll die either way? 
I need to be sure that you don't have them. You could just be a good liar. Well, that's definitely not true. Ask anyone. Roll me a deception check. You are a good good liar. (laughs) Not normally. (laughs) He's just rolling well today. 19. It's not a lie if he believes it. (laughs) I'm a psychopath. So now he states, how many of them were there on that island? We never got to the final island. Well, there was about 12 bats. uh... (laughs) 64 wolves. One was already found and hatched, apparently. By who? Yeah, who did He doesn't know. Yeah, Yeah, baby. Ask about it. You know where that one is? Uh, what is? What was hatched? You and I both know that we're talking about Drake's. It would be in your best interest. Oh my god, Drake's? performance i pretend i pretend to be uh, like just world blown gotcha roll me a deception check you know what drakes are you've been hanging out with them for six months fuck yeah that's a 23 again actually okay. my performance is the same as my deception <laughs> okay so he raises his eyebrows because of your over-the-top dramatic performance and he might actually see through this one and he says i know that you know no no. <laughs> hey, no. Keep lying, or you gonna come back to the ship and let's make a strategy here? No, God, no. But All right. Well, well your God, offer God. was not very satisfying. You don't um, have to answer. You just have to leave the ship alive. What about my offer is not satisfying? I'm offering you more wealth than the Rakshasa will, and at Dago, he can hardly get to you. But hypothetically, if we didn't, ha- if we don't have the items, then you're still going to kill us unless we can prove that we don't have the items, and then you won't kill us. Allow is that my, how this is working? Allow my men to search your ship. If there's nothing there, then of course you're free to go. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah, sure. Fantastic. Then just sail the Royale into our fleet. You won't oh. mind if my men oh, go and look Fuck. for the eggs. Oh, no. Send one man, or two men with Okay, I will talk to my crew, and we will either... <laughs> we will either do what you want, or we won't. That's, I don't think that's the answer he's looking for, Tyson. Well, uh, I, can't, I can't make the decision by myself, but I will try and convince the crew to um, bring the ship here. Oh, I'm not talking to you, Tyson. Okay? I'm talking to Ari. Ari, if you don't sail your ship towards mine. I will slaughter your whole crew. So Ari looks to you, Tyson McCain, he says, it appears I don't have a choice. No, you do not, but just, that's okay. <laughs> okay, Ari... We have nothing to hide, Ari, and I... <laughs> nothing to hide, he says. <laughs> Roll me a deception check. You definitely have things to hide. Just because there's silence doesn't mean you have to talk. Just get off the ship. 18, baby. Let's keep going with these deceptions. Not 20 on the insight check, just to let you guys know in case you were curious. I'm sure you don't, Seeger Morov says, and he smiles. All right, I have a little sexuality issue. I'm not sure <laughs> what I'm into. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I lied. <laughs> Morov says, now, I will expect your ship back by morning. Is that clear? Mm, yes, sir. Good. Morov stands, and you see now that... Almost his the entirety of his right leg is a metal uh, construct. So oh my god, I'm not listening to half a man. Jesus, saying that out loud. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. 
You're such a fucking coward. You'll say anything. Uh, it appears to be uh, like like a single steel peg, if that makes sense. So it's quite sturdy and constructed almost from the hip down. Come to Gomi, warforged for a quarter of a warforged. Yeah, it's not like mechanical like yours. Is. Oh, he's he's a bitch. Okay, so he stands. He looks to Ari and he says, "By morning, Ari." So Ari half bows to Moro and then turns on his heel and begins to walk out with purpose. The second mate, or the second in command, the large man who uh, welcomed you aboard the vessel, opens the doors and walks you back over to your dinghy, your lifeboat, uh, where you can both either climb down the ladder or levitate down. Uh, yeah, so I give him a half salute as I leave, and I quickly spin around and then hop off and then levitate down. Okay, sounds good. Jason McKay, you're going to gain 500 experience points for parlay with Snigger Morrow. I'm glad I didn't do most of the talking. That was perfect. You did, like, 90% of the talking. Okay. 98%. Uh, All Ari said was, all right. (laughs) All right. Ari begins to row back, and and when you're out of earshot of the ship, so you've passed the outer sections of the fleet, he looks at you and he says, the fuck do you think you're doing? Welcome them aboard the ship. If they search it, they're going to find them. I got this, Ari. Don't worry. I severely doubt that you have this. Me too, but we we can severely doubt it together. So uh, the row back is uncomfortable and long before you That's get back to the It's never uncomfortable for me. It is the middle of the night, and the rowboat is hoisted back up over the side. Ari hops out, and Tyson, you may do as you wish. And the whole crew, I imagine, gathers around Tyson McKay to find out what occurred. So, guys, here's you the deal. You killed my ghost bird. Uh, yeah, they murdered him right away. <laughs> <laughs> it was like skeet shooting. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> yeah, so all they want to do is search the ship, make sure there's nothing of value, and then they'll let us go. So, Amara they... looks you, Tyson, but she says, but there is something of value, you idiot. No, there isn't. Wait, I wait. wink at her. <laughs> she looks at you and she says, okay, is he having a stroke or am I not getting something? Both. Let's have a very special Let's just say, are they coming here or do we have to bring our ship over there? Oh, well, we have to go there, but. Oh, God. Something we can deal with. Fiavo, you remember that thing that I did when we were on the mountain that I told you never to tell anyone about? (laughs) Do you remember? Or did you repress it? (laughs) I've been drinking ever since. So I think I'll do that with the quote-unquote precious cargo. Oh. And uh, bada-bing, bada-boom. Ah. Okay, so yeah, that's good. I was going to say somehow have it in the water below. That's what I was thinking. But getting them a whole other plane, out yeah. of there would work, although we'd have to return to the exact same coordinates or else you'd come back in the water. Yeah, well, we do it now. The boat stays exactly where it is. And if you no, land in the water... No, you have to go to them. Mora wants your yeah. ship alongside his ship. So he would have say, to do it now on the ship. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And we would have to go there, search, and then come back to the spot that we're in so that Tyson could come back. They're not going to... Oh, it's fine. Oh, like, no, no, no. I have a plan. No, oh, I, no, I, no, I, I guess because he could... He could go, he could drop back. it off, come back, and then because if then he's he gone, through, and then he could go back and bring. If it back. he's gone, then they're gonna be like, "Well, where the fuck is he?" Because then, then obviously yeah. they know. Yeah. Got it all planned out, guys. Planeswalker dude finally got something right here. Tell us. Finally got something right. <laughs> That's is Ari okay with him searching the ship 
if we get rid of the cargo? Is he worried about losing his shit? Yeah, I was gonna say, Ari, I can take anything I else. Like they're, I feel like they're just after one thing, though. Take the chest with you. Yeah, Ari's yeah. got a lot of valuable stuff that he doesn't want Marwan to have as well, which is why he was opposed to having the ship searched. Yeah. Yeah, Does so he... Ari, I can, I can take anything you want to hide it for, for you. <sighs> okay, fine. But just know that their, their hands are going to be on their swords and on their crossbows. They're going to be ready for anything. Yeah, either that or at the break of dawn, you cast that tidal wave and we, like, in front of us, sending it towards them, and we use that to kind of cover our our escape north and try and get as far away before they realize what's going yeah. on. Yeah, it's whatever you want. I can do both. I'm a man of many talents. Until it gets closer. I feel like with... Ari's chest. I feel like we need decoy, like a decoy chest in there with like decoy valuables. Yeah, sure. because then they're if they see it at like if they open that spot up and they see it and something's not there, well then that's obvious too. Good thinking, gnome guy. All right, we'll put some <laughs> non-real valuables in there, money, what have you. Coins, just like everybody like throw coins in there and like whatever maybe he's got on. A wall that is valuable, but like not so much that you would hide it. Yeah, fuck it. I'll even throw my wand in there, you know. Okay. So, so what would you guys like to do right now? Start mm-hmm. prepping. I say, Ari, get the stuff that you want gone, put in a pile in your in your office, and then I will take it back. So Ari walks over to the captain's quarters and opens the doors. Okay, walks over to his chest in the floor and begins to pry the floorboards up. Looking to Gragrog for assistance, he just wants to pull the chest up and out. You yeah. can access everything really easily. I'm assuming while this is going on, somebody's filling me in on what the fuck is happening. Oh, yeah. Know. So, no, you're in the... You're, you're I'm just sitting there like, hey, guys, what's up? What took so long? Where you guys been? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep watching those eggs, champ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some guys are going to come. Just don't, don't hit them. No promises. Be the good guy, Greg. Be the yep. good guy, Greg. Okay. So are you going to help Ari pull his chest out of yeah. the floorboards? Okay. So Ari pulls his chest out, and taking the key from around his neck, he unlocks his chest. He pulls up the pack that's yours, Gregory, and he hands it over to Tyson McKay. I grab just, it. Just fill, like, put whatever he wants in my pack. And so he, he just begins to the grab pack the and then journal, leave the chest. two of the maps, a small chest, which is actually inlaid with a lot of silver filigree pearls and other types of opals, and places that in the pack as well and begins to dig through other things that are important. There are some papers that he looks at, filters through, kind of like looks up with them for a moment, like thinking about it, and leaves those inside. He begins to filter through other things, and there's a small velvet pouch that seems to have a clacking sound from inside. He places those inside your pack as well. Twilights. And then he looks around to the rest of you, and he says, valuables, inside the chest. Come on. Not One. in the pack, not the chest. Inside Couple the chest. Coins. Oh, the, the distraction valuables. Okay, yeah. Well, you meant like real, real um, Yeah, so have you got any weapons that you don't use or whatever, something that could fit in there? I use all my weapons. Okay, well, that's not true. <laughs> well, no, that is true. I literally no, don't have any weapons other than the one that I use. I'm going to put my underfoot ring in there. And... It'd be nice to know if, if this rock you found was actually like really, really valuable or just semi-valuable, because then we could put that in there. I wouldn't fucking give that up. I'm going to throw my wand in there. Okay. Now that we're all working together, it might be a good time to find out what that stone is. That's what I was kind of hinting towards. No. <laughs> I will not resolve this right now. You really don't think it's a good idea, Tyson? Oh my god, Noah. Quit texting me. 
I'm not testing you. <laughs> I'm gonna put my wand of hydrokinesis in there too. Put the put the ring of the champion in there. That's oh. useless now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, valuables are thrown into the chest. Things that we're willing to part with if things go sour. Uh, the chest is closed back up, locked, and then placed back in its spot. The floorboards placed back immaculately, so it looks well hidden. What else would we like to do? Or what would we like to do next? I'm going to remain sitting there, guarding it. Hey, Dabbledog, maybe look in my stone and figure out what it's worth? Okay, great, oh thank you. Oh my <laughs> god, Dabbledog, what's this fucking stone <laughs> My conscience won't stop nagging me. <sighs> Testing you. <laughs> my conscience won't stop texting me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, good sir. Oh my god, play along, you fuck. <laughs> I don't! I kick a- you wanna fight, eh? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for this. No, I pull the the prism, the green prism stone out, and I, uh... I snatch it. <laughs> play nice. Come on, he's gonna play that role, so am I. I give Dabble Dabble a little slap upside the head, say, play nice. <sighs> god. <laughs> um, I will do detect magic on that bad boy. Okay. Dabbledob, you hold the stone in your hand, the one that's green, translucent, and has a prism inside of it. Can I fake faint? Oh. Stop it. <laughs> uh, I just want it to be dramatic. We don't have time for this. He needs a certain amount of time to planeswalk. We only have a few hours till the morning. Yeah, well, as long as we're on the way. No, we can't be on the way because he has the planes walk back to the exact spot. We can't move until he gets back. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, if we're a little late, he'll planes walk back and then we're on our way. But anywho, a little late. let's see. So, Dabalov, you hold the green stone in your hand, uh, roughly three and a half, four inches in width. Magic does seem to pulse from it, and you said you wanted to cast Detect Magic on it, correct? Yes, sir. So, you begin to cast Detect Magic, and from it, you begin to gain a semblance of the aura of magic that surrounds the stone. It appears to be an enchantment school of magic. It glows a bright white, and almost a tinge of yellow, on the exterior of the aura. As you probe deeper and try to discover the secrets of the stone, it appears that the stone is something that you've actually read about in the past, but you haven't encountered in, in the flesh or, or in reality. It is a stone of Ayun. You know there to be many different kinds of stones of Ayun, but this stone appears to increase the proficiency bonus of whatever person holds it. Uh-huh. This is a mastery stone, which will increase the proficiency bonus by one of whoever allows the stone to orbit them. Orbit? Or what, it's just got to float around you? So, Dabalab, you know that from your extensive study, and you've read into Stones of Ayun, that when attuned, they will orbit around the heads of those who are attuned to them. And that multiple stones can orbit around individuals. Pretty cool. And if you attuned to a stone, just have it on you? Yeah, you focus on attuning to the eye. You put it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I got a big mouth. James. <laughs> you know that it's insanely valuable. Cool. What's it uh, do? Nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's just a regular stone. Just, we should smash it. Alrighty, boys. Um, first and foremost, that is uh, not going in the chest. Okay. Secondly, this thing's pretty fucking dope. Could <laughs> <laughs> you be more bad? <laughs> should have sent him on the fucking pirate ship. <laughs> that literally knows nothing. <laughs> Eggs? Never heard of them. <laughs> I don't know what AIDS are. Wasn't there. Stay on the ship most of the time. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, Mr. Morrow. Morrow, can I call you that? Seeger? 
I'm, uh, I'm high most of the time. <laughs> they keep me around, obviously, for my good looks, and uh, and I can cook a mean brisket, <laughs> which I'm more than happy to do right now. Right? But uh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to insist that you let us go. Um, so it adds plus one to your proficiency. Obviously, you have to get attuned to it. And correct me if I'm wrong. It's orbiting around your head, so it's just on you. Correct. Okay. And it's called the Stone of Ayun. Cool, cool, cool. Well, Gragrock, we'll have to decide later whether we want to sell it or keep it, but... Uh, Conversation for another time. Yeah, for now, let, let's uh, get that back, and I'll put it with the safe stuff. Okay. So, Tyson McKay, <laughs> what is it that you would like to do now that you have all of the valuable items inside of Gragrock's pack? I say, Gragrock, maybe you should come with me just in case, and then we'll be back in... A split second. Sure. Don't you need any time to kind of warm this up? How much time do you need to... Like 30 minute? seconds, baby. Oh, yeah. 30. Okay, so it's pretty quick. Sweet. We got time. Yeah. Let's do it. But he has yeah. to concentrate, so I'm going to start with shoving him. I uh, grab my... <laughs> Stop. Okay. So, Tyson, okay, you begin to focus. Which plane of existence are you focusing on? Uh, we're going to Vels. Okay, so Limbo, the plane of chaos. Tyson McKay begins to focus, and then the companions... Tyson McKay and Gragrock uh, disappear and vanish into thin air. They are transported and uh, items on your person, your body distort and grow in size, shift in size, shift in their actual composition until eventually with a cracking sound you appear in the plane of chaos or limbo as it is referred to. In the clearing outside of the destroyed house of Vel, the green planeswalker. I think we were actually inside the house last time. Okay, you can do it to inside the house if you want to. Okay. Yeah, um, so you appear inside the house of Val. And uh, I say, Gragrock, welcome to the plane of Limbo. That's fun. Yeah, it's like a unlimited game of Limbo. I've gotten pregnant here. <laughs> <laughs> gotten Fievel pregnant here. He doesn't know. Everybody gets pregnant here. <laughs> I look down to my stomach. <laughs> Do you feel it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, Greg Rock. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, yeah, no, you can't get pregnant. You're a warforge. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, um, I was just trying to be funny, you know. It's my my little warforge joke, you know. You got I would say it was a good one. Yeah, so I say let's, uh, let's look around for the safest spot, and I perception check for uh, some sort of hiding spot. Why don't you go back to the safe? Like the, uh, no, I think he, I think he, he, he's saying that he planeswalked us into the secret room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're in the yeah, secret so, room. Yeah, we're already in there. Yeah, yeah. So like why you need perception checks, don't you know? Wardrobes, <laughs> cabinets, tables, chairs. There's a hearth, like an open stone circle fireplace. It's a few feet off the ground. You can put this thing anywhere you want. Yeah, so I guess we can just put it in one of these safes or like the chests or whatever. Yeah, that'll work. Any um, lock? No. We got any duct tape? No. <laughs> yes, actually, I do have a spell called duct tape. Uh, <laughs> you don't. You don't have a spell called duct tape. Damn it. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll, we'll put it in a, one of the chests securely. You have a, a spell to lock the chest by any chance? Oh, wait. I'll use a programmed illusion to make it look like um, like a stone seat or something like that. Like it juts out of the wall or something. Okay, over the chest. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. How long does that last for? Until dispelled. Okay, and uh, is it concentration? Where would I see that? It doesn't say, I don't think. No, so, no, it is uh, It is not a uh, concentration spell. Okay. All right, we'll do that. So, it appears that there is just a stone bench, which comes out from the wall, 
uh, and it completely encapsulates, covers the chest that has your pack full of valuables in it. Perfect. Where did it go? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's head back. All right, pitter patter, let's get at her, uh, as they say. Quick question: How, like, I mean, yes, we're a ways away, but like, how loud is that crack when That's, they appear? Not like it's not like a. Like a, like a, not like an avalanche, it's like a... Krakatoa! Okay, it's just me screaming, yeah. Crack! <laughs> <laughs> just pop back. Crack! <laughs> I love crack! <laughs> yeah, so I uh, start concentrating, and let's get back. So, beginning to concentrate, the large warforge and the planeswalker eventually transport themselves through time and space yet again to find themselves back on the material plane, sitting in, standing in, rather, the captain's quarters of the Royale, with all their friends standing around waiting for them to return. For hiding successfully, things that Seeger Amora wants and that you guys desperately need, you're each going to gain 500 experience points. Anything else that you guys would like to do? Mm -hmm. Uh, How long do we have to report to the circle of death? Until morning, which means that you guys are going to get the ship underway, and you're going to begin to start to sail there. Okay, Let's do it. So the ship begins to lurch forward, and we have Mr. Vane, the quartermaster, on the helm, and the sun begins to rise up and in front of you. Uh, so the Isle of Alathmer actually kind of blocks the first glimpses of light as morning arrives, and the ship sails towards the fleet, which is blocking the Enora River, and your exit towards the east. Gentlemen, this is where we are going to leave things for today. I so knew you would pull the shit, you bastard. <laughs> I figured we would have pulled up. And been like, hello, and now we're done. <laughs> Do we have any questions, comments, or concerns before we leave things for today? Tyson did something smart. Congratulations, hello. Tyson. We're all very proud of you. He Thanks. overthought it a little bit too much, but... Well, you know, always got to overthink instead of underthink. And look how I get by. Sloppy. And Fievel. Well, if that is all for our players, I just want to say thanks so much to everyone for listening to Dice D20. It's been an absolute blast bringing you guys this latest episode. Feel free to check out our sponsors, Die Hard Dice and Elderwood Academy at their respective sites. A lot of fantastic tabletop gear from both of those companies. So, catch you next time. It's been a pleasure. Peace out, and we look forward to seeing you on the Dice D20 when we return. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Bye. Damn it. Crack. <laughs> <laughs>